0: Dr. Boyce Watkins, and I want to, um, uh, first of all, say hi to everybody and uh, let you know that um, that today is a beautiful day, and it's a beautiful day if you're Black, and also today we're going to talk about Joe Biden and his student loan announcement. Biden made a, made a big announcement on the student loan front about some student loan forgiveness that a lot of us have been waiting for. We've been waiting for Biden to talk about this. Well, there's some stuff about this student loan legislation that you probably don't know it's my job to inform you so that's what i'm about to do so get comfortable buck up your seatbelt. we're going to get started on the black financial channel right now hey what's going on guys welcome to the black financial channel that's the black my name is dr boyce Watkins. i'm your friendly neighborhood finance professor On the Black Financial Channel, we talk about Black wealth and Black economics every single day, sometimes as much as 10 times a day under one condition. The condition is that we are Black first. Black first means we put our community at the top of our priority list, not at the bottom. Black first means we believe in Black wealth. We believe in buying Black. We believe in Black family. We love Black women. We love Black men. We educate our children, and we want our community to take the lead. If you agree with this philosophy, if this works for you, please put a hashtag B in the number one in the chat, hashtag B1 in the chat all right so and also shout out your city i see carletta's out of charleston south carolina or chatsworth california i'm sorry i said charleston chatsworth sorry about that i see sylvester out of boston uh, who else is here? I see Uncle Boys. Hey, this is so confusing. Do I qualify or not? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna talk about this in a second. And I will say hi to everybody on my Instagram. Also, what's up on Instagram? I may not be looking at you, but I'm definitely thinking about you. And my Instagram is the Real Boys Watkins. So when you go to my Instagram, make sure you look for the blue check mark because there are a ton of fake Boys Watkins pages out here apparently, and uh, it's like a factory. They're putting them out there, and they ask, they they inbox you and ask you for money. So I don't want you to get scammed. So if you see me on Instagram, and I'm inboxing you. Just know it's probably not me. It's def- it's definitely not me. I, I don't have time for stuff like that. But uh, but also, uh, if you could report those accounts and get those people banned, I'd appreciate that because I don't want anybody to get taken. All right, guys. So anyway, uh, let's get started. Let me ask you: Give me a yes or no. Uh, Pablo from New York City and uh, Colonial from Bay Areas, uh, Bay, Bay, the Bay Area, Bay Area supermodel out of Houston. Uh, how many of you heard about Joe Biden's announcement today? Uh, it, with uh, student loans. Give me a yes or no if you heard about Joe Biden's uh, big announcement. Uh, he he made uh, the announcement everybody was expecting. A lot of people expected him to uh, do something on student loans. And he did. He did. You know, he made this announcement and it's, it's, I feel bad. I feel bad. You know why I feel bad, Glenn? I feel bad right now because because I'm about to hurt some of y'all's feelings, Alonzo and Wendy and Slim. I, I, I feel bad because I'm always the guy that's got to bring the bad news. And then you get labeled a hater. And I'm not trying to be a hater. I promise you I'm not. I, I, I woke up and I said, you know, I'm going to look at the bright side of everything. So I'm going to start with the bright side and say that Biden just forgave $10,000 worth of student loans. That's good. How many of y'all have student loans? Uh, give me a yes in the chat. If you have student loans, and also, if you meet the other criteria, the other criteria is that you can't make more than one hundred and twenty five thousand dollars a year. So if that is going to help you on some level, say yes in the chat. And I'm going to stop I'm, I'm gonna, before I move on. I'm going to clap and take my wife says I need to look at the bright bright side of things. I can't be an old man shaking his fist at the air. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to clap for you and clap for this move and clap and say, yes, it's certainly better than nothing. Yes, it was a move in the right direction. Yes, it's a good thing. Uh, and in fact, I'm going to talk about the good thing before I start getting into the, the weeds of it all. Like that, that sometimes being too smart is a little bit of a curse and I, it just drives me crazy. But, uh, but also before I, I move on, um, I have to make sure I, I give a shout out to uh, the, the person that's helping sponsor this podcast. And uh, this brother wrote a great book called um, Get Up, Get Out and Get Something. His name is uh, Alan Perry. Alan Perry, uh, it's our doctor boy shout out for today. He wrote a book called Get Up, Get Out and Get Something a message to the incarcerated black man. Uh, so he says that you should get this book as a gift to your loved ones. This book is an attempt to break the cycle of incarceration that plagues our black communities. It's available on Amazon and Facebook and at Daily Boy, the author, at Daily Boy, the author. I'm, I'm going to put that on the screen so y'all can see it. But uh, but I don't know. I, I, I like I like this. Uh, I, I have to give a shout out to this brother, not just because uh, he's helping the sponsor the podcast, but also because incarcerations next to in my heart uh give me a yes in the chat if you have a loved one who has been incarcerated uh and 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 you just hate what's going on with this incarceration epidemic that's been one of the great uh destroyers of black people and black families and black wealth and I'm going to put that on the screen so y'all can uh, also go and find find uh, his his uh, page and support him. And also his book is on Amazon. So uh, forgive me for taking a moment to share Alan Perry's book, but I want to make sure that y'all know what this brother's doing. I, I love it. If you'd like to sponsor a podcast or have me talk about your book, your Black-owned business, your platform, or anything like that, just go to drvoicefinance.com and you can actually sponsor a shout out. You support us, we'll support you. All right. So let me read this article. This is about Biden and the student loans. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. So here's the title, CNBC. It says, Biden cancels $10,000 in federal student loans for most borrowers. President Joe Biden announced that he will forgive $10,000 in federal student debt for most borrowers, delivering financial relief to millions of Americans. Biden will also cancel up to $20,000 for recipients of Pell Grants. Good. Okay. Nice. Hooray. Um, around nine million borrowers could have their balances entirely cleared by Biden's plan. So it says here that Biden announced on Wednesday. They blah 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 blah. I already said that part. The relief will be limited to Americans earning under $125,000 or a quarter million for married couples or heads of households. The relief is also capped at the amount uh, at the amount of the borrower's outstanding eligible debt. The president will also extend the payment pause on most federal student loans one final time through December 31st to 2022. In case you didn't know, uh, the student loan payments were paused uh, during the pandemic. And uh, that's something that they've kept going for the last couple of years. It's as, as kind of a relief measure. Uh, I'm not mad at that. All right, uh, let's see here. It says Around 9 million borrowers could have their entire balances cleared by Biden's plan according to the higher education expert Mark Krentowitz. Uh, Biden's decision to move ahead with $10,000 in student debt cancellation for borrowers who are in, uh, under $125,000 will cost about a quarter of a trillion dollars, $244 billion to be exact. The unprecedented action by the White House of wiping out hundreds of billions of dollars in consumer debt follows years of advocacy pressure and recent months of heated debate among Biden administration officials. Those discussions centered on how student loan forgiveness might impact high inflation hitting Americans' wallets, the amount of student debt that would be canceled, and if the president even had the power to reduce people's balances without the legislative branch. So looming November of midterm elections added pressure on the administration to arrive at a decision. Advocates have said that forgiving student debt will galvanize younger voters, among whom Biden has been losing popularity to the polls. Although the president has been pushed to cancel 50,000 or more per person, including by groups like the NAACP and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, he had repeatedly expressed reluctance to wipe out that much of the debt for all borrowers. Okay. So so this is um this is the, the see student loans is kind of an, a big thing in my head for a few reasons. One, uh, you know, I had student debt. Um, I think my wife did. I gotta go ask her about it. I don't think she had a ton when we got married. Um, I've been a college professor a long time, you know, University of Kentucky, Indiana, Ohio State, et cetera. I, I've seen students in debt. Uh, at Syracuse University, for example, where the tuition, I think the full cost of a year at Syracuse now is about seventy-three thousand dollars a year. And it ain't. I'm sorry, I love you, Syracuse, but it ain't worth it. You, you shouldn't have to pay that much to go to college. And uh, and here's the deal. Here's what's interesting. I have students that I taught that at Syracuse in 2001, over 20 years ago, who are still in debt now still in debt, still, you know, and, and in fact, in many cases, their balance of the debt is actually higher now than it was when they graduated, because a lot of us get in that state of just rigor mortis, where you just can't, you, you just, it's just sitting there, you're just looking at it, it's like this impossible thing, it's like being 800 pounds and thinking I'll never be a supermodel, like, you know, so so um, so so um the student loan debt thing is, is uh, also a big deal for me, because we're Black, uh, most of you in here are black. Give me a yes in the chat if you're black. Uh, white people can listen as well, but just know we're black first, but we don't hate anybody. We love you too. Um, and uh, and so when you're black, the student loan thing hits a little bit differently than if you're white. Uh, it hits differently because black people don't have the same amount of money as white people. Black wealth is a fraction of white wealth. Black wealth has been going down while white wealth has been going up. Uh, Asian wealth has been going up. Black wealth just isn't going anywhere. And um, and the problem is that when you have less wealth and you have no inheritance, uh, how many of you give me a yes in the chat? If you had zero inheritance, if no, if no one ever left you a house, left you a trust fund, left you some stocks, left you uh, any assets whatsoever, this is this is the generational curse that we're breaking right now. I, I need you to break that generational curse. But but really, give me a yes in the chat if you're in that category. So so when you're in that category, what happens is that you have to take on debt in order to go to school and the and and so here's the issue right on on one hand you say oh this is so great the debt is available to me thank you for offering me this loan that allows me to get this education that's so important for me but here's the problem here's the problem universities understood the hustle universities understood they said oh we, we we're in a great position right now uh we're in a position where we have a commodity that everyone believes that they have to have, and we can charge damn near anything because the the Zaddy Bank is ready to write any check of any size that we require. So what you will find, and I'm trying to find a chart so y'all can see this, is is that student is that to college tuition shot through the roof, shot through the roof. After these student loans were made available, college tuition. You think inflation is high? <laughs> when do you see the cost of going to college? <laughs> inflation ain't got nothing on the cost of going to college, really. I, you know, so, so what? So, so think about this, right? So this is the part that people don't understand. The, that making the debt available, and this is this is a, an economic phenomenon. This is what you might refer to um, in some cases as uh, asset inflation. Whenever you increase the supply of money chasing after a limited commodity, then the price of that commodity goes through the roof. It goes crazy. So they were loaning you money to pay for something that was severely overpriced. That that's look at that tuition. I mean, insane, absolutely insane. In fact, some of y'all old heads in here, some of y'all over the age of, how many, how many y'all over the age of 35? Give me a yes in the chat. If you're over the age of 35, um, I'm, I'm 34 and a half, so I don't count or I, I'm, I'm well no. Let, let's make it 27. I'll be 27 today. How, how many of you are over the age of 35 and willing to admit it? I'm, I'm, I'm messing with, you, I'm being silly. Seriously. Okay. So a lot of you might remember a time when, uh, when you could go to college and actually pay your way through college. Anybody remember that? Like you could, you know, you might have to hustle. You know, I used to work at uh, Arby's and uh, I and then I had a job sitting at the front desk at the University of Kentucky where I would just sit there and do my homework. I had um, another job. Let's see. What was it? Oh, I worked at Hardee's and I quit because the guy made me uh, some crazy dude came in the bathroom on the weekend and vomited and you know, took a crap all over the floor. And they said, boys, go clean that up. I said, I'm not cleaning. I'm not your shit cleaning. I'm not doing that. So I quit the job. And then I got scared because I didn't have any money. But I wasn't doing that. I don't regret it. And so so that was how I was able to pay my way through college, right? I didn't have all the money that I needed. Uh, but I was able to get some scholarships by working hard in school. I was able to save money from my job. Uh, I was able to do these little things that allowed me to literally go to the, uh, the office and write checks to pay whatever balance was left over. That's really hard to do right now. That's really hard to do. Uh, there's a young lady I mentor by the name of El Shaddai, who's a, this awesome singer, and uh, she went to USC in the music school. And uh, and and when I saw how much it cost to attend USC, I, I almost freaked out. Uh, I think what is the cost of attendance for USC? It's 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 um, it's ridiculous. Let me see. I think it's um I think she had to come up with something like. I want to say $80,000 a year or something. It was it was ridiculous. The yeah, the cost of attendance, okay, it says 63,000, that's just tuition. That's not room and board and everything else. So I'm going to say about $75 to $80,000. So so a person who is just working a minimum wage job can't find a way to get that kind of money. And so ultimately, this is the transition that has occurred because of student loan debt. And so so with Joe Biden, what makes his announcement complex is the fact that he is uh, making himself into the hero by volunteering to fix a problem that he created in the first place, that he created in the first place. It's like somebody coming to your house and secretly putting 10,000 roaches in your garage and then they show up as the exterminator and they kill 100 roaches and say, look what I did for you, aren't? don't you appreciate me? But but, but you. So you got to understand the, the, the whole full circle conversation. Right, you got to understand exactly what Well, you got to say, wait a minute. You put the roaches in the house, so you got to clean them all. You know, you can't clean a hundred of them and then leave the other ten thousand for me. You've got to clean all of them. You know, or or imagine if somebody runs around and they're shooting people in the face and in the arm with a shotgun, and then they say, hey, we're we're handing out band-aids in the back. That that's that that's a big problem. So with Joe Biden, and I'm going to read an article from the Intercept that kind of. Illustrates this and shout out to Elizabeth Warren, uh, who actually I'm not really I told you guys I'm not voting Democrat or Republican. I don't play that game, I just can't do that anymore. But but if I was to vote for a Democrat, I would vote for Elizabeth Warren, who is a Harvard law professor and a bankruptcy expert, or at least she was not Harvard. I don't know if she's still there or not. I don't keep up with these people's careers. But but Elizabeth Warren, a bankruptcy expert, explained very clearly how Biden's legislation that he pushed on student loans many years ago substantially increased the number of bankruptcies in this country and, and and also made it more difficult actually made it impossible for you to actually declare bankruptcy on your student loans so so let me read some I'm going to read some of that to you now uh and uh do me a favor hit the thumbs up button thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up share subscribe And I wanna just remind everybody, don't forget we got 64 days to the All Black National Convention. That is the premier gathering of all black people who love black people. Uh, Our special guests for this year are, we have a a lot of them, but a couple of them are um, billionaire Mike Roberts, uh, Risa Islam, who's a great activist, uh, the uh, former, the chairman of the Air Jordan brand, Larry Miller, is going to come by. And we got a lot of other people. We have experts in everything from crypto to relationships. My wife will be there. She's a relationship therapist uh, and, a, and a full professor of social work. So we're going to have a lot of great people there that will make you into a better person. We even have a track for children. So if you're interested in going to the convention or taking a look, just go to allblacknationalconvention.com. That's the URL on the screen. Or you can also, if you want to be a vendor and you want to make money selling your your, your goods for your business, uh, we have you can go to abncvendors.com. And also, don't pay full price for your hotel. Do not pay full price. Uh, we get a big massive discount for ABNC attendees, so you can go to abnchotel.com. Or it's all on the website if you want to go there. All right. So uh, so here's what uh, the Intercept says about Biden's complex relationship with student loans. So what what they say here is. That uh, Joe Biden played a central role in the creation of the student debt crisis that he and other candidates are now promising to fix. According to a close look at the legislative history around the spiraling phenomenon, today more than 44 million Americans collectively owe 1.6 trillion in student loan debt, a figure that has surpassed similar numbers for nearly every other form of debt, including credit cards and, and, and auto loans. The issue of student loan debt has even radicalized a high ranking Trump administration student loan official, A. Wayne Johnson, who resigned from Betsy DeVos' education department last October to launch a Senate campaign in Georgia centered on mass student loan forgiveness. Uh, early in his senatorial career, Biden played a role in making it easier for students and parents to take out burdensome loans, spanning across several decades. Later, his landmark bankruptcy reform legislation made it nearly impossible to discharge student loans birthing a predatory industry and sinking millions into unsustainable levels of debt. Now, let's talk about debt for a minute. Let's talk about debt for a minute. How many of you believe that debt is bad? Uh, or let's say, let's do it. I'm going to do a quick, I want everybody to answer this question. Do you think, is debt bad or is debt good? Give me a, uh, a bad or good. Everybody say bad or good in the chat. Or you can type something else if you want to. So so give me, give me uh, what, what do you think? is debt bad or is it good do you think debt is bad or good give me give me a bad or good in the chat let me know okay i see both not all debt okay trick question okay yep williams williams so smart i see uh, ladybug says good i see bad uh, from charles okay so debt is is it's it is complicated right debt can be good or debt can be bad good debt is good bad debt is bad so debt's like cholesterol you got good cholesterol and bad cholesterol debt is actually not good or bad. It is powerful. Debt is like fire. Fire uh, can be wonderful if it's keeping you warm and cooking your food, or it can be deadly if it burns you alive. A gun can be good if you need it. You know, if you need to defend yourself or you're in a war or something like that. Uh, but guns can be bad if you shoot yourself in the leg. Right? Uh, so debt is is very powerful. And the thing about debt is that when it's used in the right way it can liberate the hell out of you. You know, Elon Musk would not be the richest man on earth if it had not been his access to debt. If it, if it had not been for him having access to debt, not only would he not be the richest person in the world, but if you took away his access to debt, he would go bankrupt immediately. you understand that, that if his creditors all backed out and stopped supporting him in Tesla and, and called in all their debt immediately, Elon Musk, the richest man on earth, would have to declare bankruptcy right away, okay? So so debt can be very liberating in that regard but debt also has the power to make you into a slave. And a lot of people, a lot of people maybe in this chat right now have been constrained or put into some form of financial slavery as a result of exorbitant amounts of student loan debt. Uh, Taking on debt for uh, a, a business venture that's gonna make you a ton of money, nothing wrong with that. Taking on debt to reasonable amounts of debt to buy a house that's gonna appreciate in value, smart move. But when you're taking on debt to um, secure a commodity that is overpriced in the first place, well, that, that that's, that's a type of slavery that's built on, uh, on an economic illusion. It's an economic illusion. And why do I say that? Well, because if I put you $200,000 in debt for a college degree that's really only worth about 50,000 bucks, then $150,000 of that debt is invalid. However, you will be enslaved by that. You can't do the things you could normally do. Debt is is great for leverage, but debt can constrain you. You can't move. You can't make the moves you want to make. A lot of of you maybe are stuck on jobs you don't want to do because you have to pay your student loans back. So, so, um, and also remember this, for black people, I told you guys, black people, it's always worse. We actually have a problem where half of all black college graduates default on their student loans. In fact, when they did a study, they found that most black college graduates, they graduate with student loan debt. I want to say at least half of them have a higher balance 10 years later than they did when they finished school, that the balance didn't just not go down, it went up. So this debt is one of the greatest deterrence to the ability to build wealth in the Black community that there is. The, the, what they did was it's like a basketball team that's trying to win a championship, right? So so we're team black people. And, and if you're trying to win a championship, you got your superstars on one end, you got your LeBron James, and then you got your scrubs on at the end of the bench. The 12th man, he sucks. Nobody, he's not gonna win games for you, but you got your superstars who you know, the LeBrons of, of the team. So so college graduates like the smart Negroes out here, you know, up the, those of us that got the letters behind our name, the BAs, BSs, MA's, and MSs, and all that. We're kind of like a little bit like the LeBrons. You know, we pop our collars and say, look at us. I'm making things better. I'm breaking generational curses. I'm the first in my family to go to college. I'm really, you know, people, white people say, well, you're a credit to your race, right? Like, you know, we're really out here doing it. Right. And then the the scrubs might be like not necessarily people that don't have education, because I don't think education is the same as knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge, but don't have formal education. But at the same time, the scrubs might just be people that don't want to try or people that are destructive or people that you just kind of have to drag along because he's your cousin. But, you know, he's not actually helping the community because he's not even taking care of his kids. Right. So that would be the scrubs. So 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 you're the superstars. Right. A lot of you are the uh, you are the hope for the future. You are the talented 10th. Well, think about this. Imagine if you go into a basketball game and uh, the other team, right before the big game, they go to all your best players. They go to your three best players and they hit, take a baseball bat and they hit them all in the knee, kneecaps as hard as they can. Are you going to win that game? If they just went to LeBron and hit them in the, in the knees with a baseball bat and then hit them in the head, it, it, does that increase or decrease your chances of winning? It decreases your chances. Why? Well, because you're competing in the game of wealth and your best players are handicapped. Your best players are injured. Your best players are not even in the game, not even in the wealth game anymore. Because here's the deal. Look, if you go to college and make straight A's and you graduate and you got a quarter million dollars in debt and then you default on your student loans, what's going to happen to your credit score? What happens to your credit score when you don't pay those loans back? Does it go up? That ain't no trick question. Does it go up or does it go down? It, oh, it craters. It absolutely craters, and then uh, so so then what happens? Well, now you can't play the wealth game anymore because the wealth game does require some access to credit, right? So remember, you're the talented tip. You went to Harvard. You got an MBA from Harvard, but those but those loans came a calling, and, and you couldn't handle those. There there are literally there are people. I saw. There's a whole. Um, TED talk from a a really smart black lady who went to Harvard and talked about how she couldn't even she'd go to dinner and couldn't even pay for the food. Like it was it was crazy, right? And so 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 again, because I'm finance is my thing, I understand exactly what's going on here. So so you have to dissect these situations and say, well, how did this happen? Well, there's a there's a process, there's a system, there's a there's kind of a, a game plan to sort of put you in that position. So ultimately, what I'm saying to you is that when your best and your brightest and your most educated people are the ones who are dying in debt then guess what? They have taken your best players on the basketball team in the game of wealth and all of them, none of them are even in the game at all. None of them are, the wealth builders in the black community are not actually in many cases, the people that have all the degrees and the education. Why is that? Well, because number one, many, many of us never learn how to start a business that, because that's where the millionaires and billionaires come from. They're business owners. They're not employees. Uh, Number two, uh, we overspend trying to maintain a certain lifestyle because that's how we're supposed to we go to Prince George's County. That's what you'll see a lot of people in debt to buy the big house and the fancy car and the fancy clothes and all this other stuff. Still ain't paying the student loans off. Uh, also, uh, many of those who can't handle the student loans end up going, um, uh, either, either, either ending up in bankruptcy or they end up defaulting. Uh, the, the loans don't go away, it's like a financial STD, it stays with you for life and uh, and then they're not able to actually go and start that business. They're not actually able to go and buy that real estate. They're not able to go and do the things that wealthy people do to become wealthy. So if you want to know why black wealth is going backward instead of forward despite the fact that you have more college degrees than you've ever had, it's because partly because of the student loan crisis. And so so there's two areas where Joe Biden has has to be given responsibility for declining black wealth. Two areas. I'm two areas where he just straight Kicked you square in your testicles. Like he literally backed up, got a running start, and put a military boot right in your balls. Two areas. One, when he signed that legislation on mass incarceration, that was one. He destroyed your families, destabilized your whole situation, took all your most, uh, all your strongest, smartest men, and sent them all to prison. So now fewer black women are getting married and families are destabilized. Well, family is a big part of wealth. We've talked about that. Number two, is with the student loan legislation. Biden was the guy in the back rooms, and thank you for Elizabeth Warren for being one of the people that's actually highlighting this. He was in the back rooms, making deals not on behalf of the American people. He was making deals on behalf of the corporations. And to some extent, that adds up because you can't get elected without that corporate money. You can't get elected without the support from these billionaires. So Biden, basically, I guess, in his service to the billionaires said, okay, let me go ahead and slide this in the legislation that says that if you get all this debt, then we're going to let you get into debt, number one which allows universities to increase the price of tuition. So you got to go into debt in order to pay the bill. And then two, we're going to trap you in that debt. So that becomes a debt trap. My friend, the Wall Street trapper might appreciate this. This is the trap. This is the student loan trap. A lot of you have fallen right into that trap. And I'm going to tell you, you can't be free. Black folks, we talk about freedom all the time and equality and freedom and all that. You can't be free if you're in the trap. So these corporate traps, these debt traps, these are traps that are set for you. And so this is what is um, leading me to have mixed feelings about the Biden student loan forgiveness issue, because in a way, it's like the drug dealer who gets the whole community hooked on crack and then gives away turkeys at Thanksgiving and thinks that all is forgiven. The turkeys you give away at Thanksgiving don't make up for the fact that you killed a bunch of children, that you got a bunch of mothers hooked on drugs, and that you've been terrorizing the whole community. One does not balance the other. Okay? So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up. Share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. And I want to just also mention um, uh, the person that's helping uh, sponsor this podcast, uh, this brother. He wrote a book. His name's Alan Perry, I believe. Let me see. Alan Perry. Is that his name? Yes. Alan Perry wrote a book called uh, Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something, A Message to the Incarcerated Black Man. And he's uh, encouraging you to buy the book on Amazon as a gift to your loved ones who are incarcerated. We cannot forget about all of our hundreds of of uh, community members and and, and, uh, and fellow Black citizens who are in jail and prison. Uh, my heart goes out to you. I know that the world acts like you don't exist anymore. I got friends that some of whom just came home after 30 years, some of whom some of whom will never come home. And I cannot imagine how that must feel to be that lonely and watch the world go by and people act like you don't matter. Everybody wants to talk about Brittany Griner, and I hope she gets out of jail. I really do. But remember, you've got thousands and thousands and thousands of people right here on American soil, That you can release tomorrow and you ain't got to ask vladimir putin's permission to do it so i'm not saying that britney shouldn't get out you can believe feel how you want to feel about that but what i am saying is that uh it's kind of interesting to me that we are so focused on getting britney out of jail in russia on minor drug charges when we've got thousands of americans in american prisons on minor drug charges maybe we need to let them out too maybe we need to do something systematic instead of doing something that's purely symbolic Okay, so uh, so anyway, that's that's my two cents on the issue, and I'm sticking to it. All right, hit the thumbs up button, thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe if you haven't done it yet. Let me read a little bit more of this article. Okay, so uh, this is on the Intercept, and the Intercept says that on Tuesday morning, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren pointedly released a plan to repeal the harmful provisions in the bankruptcy bill, reviving a bitter fight she had with then Delaware Senator uh, with the then then Delaware Senator Biden more than a decade ago. A surrogate, Adam Green of the Progressive Change Campaign Committee, linked the bankruptcy plan to the line of attack against Biden that progressives see as, 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 as the most potent. He's unelectable. He says, "Um, so uh, they, let me keep reading here. There's more. I'm going to get past all the stuff with about the elections and all that. Uh, in 1978, Biden supported the Middle Income Student Assistance Act, which eliminated income restrictions on federal loans to expand eligibility to all students. That doesn't sound bad. That sounds pretty good, right? Right. Biden helped write a separate bill that year, blocking students from seeking bankruptcy protections on those loans after graduation. The income restrictions on the federal loans were reinstated in 1981. Then he went on to vote to create the the PLUS loans, Parent Loan for Undergraduate Students program in 1980, and the Auxiliary Loans to assist students, which extended loan eligibility to students with no parental financial support. Quote, within a few years, the crackdown on student debtors filing for bankruptcy that began in 1978 would extend beyond just government loans in 1984. So what happened was at that time, a lot of students would file bankruptcy and get the student loan debt eliminated like all the other debt. But what Biden and his friends decided to do was to change the law. So these people could not file for bankruptcy anymore. And also um, so that they, in fact, it made it tougher to file chapter seven bankruptcy, which eliminates all your debts. Okay. So, um, so let me see here. All right. So the Delaware lawmaker, Biden, reprised his role as one of the party's top negotiators on a new legislative proposal. The International Business Times reported that, quote, under that bill, which was signed into law by President Ronald Reagan, bankruptcy exemptions were extended to non-higher education loans, like those for vocational schools, according to the U.S. Department of Education. Though Biden ultimately missed the vote for the higher education amendments, he co-sponsored the legislation and said he would have voted for it if he could. Uh, Let's see here. So, uh, they said that uh, it imposed new regulations that helped to fuel the development of lending industry giants like Sally Mae by creating barriers to entry to smaller, newer companies wanting to enter the field. Quote, loosened loan eligibility requirements together with two new federal loan programs increased student borrowing from $1.8 billion in 1977 to $12 billion in 1989. Uh, years later, as a senator from Delaware, Biden was one of the most enthusiastic supporters for the disastrous 2005 bankruptcy bill that made it nearly impossible for borrowers to reduce their student loan debt. The Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act raised the bar for families to pursue Chapter 7 bankruptcy protections. It overwhelmed, it overwhelmingly passed in the Senate at the end of the Clinton administration over the objections of Elizabeth Warren, then a bankruptcy expert who had tangled with for years with Biden over this issue. She lobbied First Lady Hillary Clinton, who persuaded Bill Clinton to veto it. Biden came back to the legislation under the Bush administration. It passed the Senate in 2005 on a 74 to 25 vote with most Democratic lawmakers, including then-Senator Barack Obama, voting against it. Uh, Let's see, George, uh, now Hillary Clinton voted for it. George W. Bush signed it into law and private student loan debt skyrocketed in the wake of its passage the total amount of private student loan debt more than doubled between 2005 and 2011 growing from 55.9 billion to 140.2 billion according to the consumer financial protection bureau so um so what is this saying what is this saying what it's saying is that you know that basically it allowed um a lot of borrowing to happen, and, and on the surface it seems like it's a good thing, right? They loosen the requirements. They said, "Hey, look, you know anybody can borrow to go to school. Uh, in fact, we don't have income caps. There's there's nothing there that will stop you from getting the debt that you need to go for school, go to school. That's good on the surface, but the problem is that if if all this debt's available, that's going to push up the price of tuition." because university is a like gangster with it. Let me give you some examples. Uh, give me a yes or no. I want you so so here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about a campus that you have in your city or some university. Do you if you live in Philly, maybe you got uh, you got well, University of Pennsylvania stuff like that there. If you live in LA, you got USC. I I want you to really imagine any campus you know that is pretty popular in your city or in your state. And and I want you to pay, to notice this. If you drive by there, I want you to notice how many construction projects are happening on those campuses how many new buildings they're building how many uh how many communities how, m- how much property they're buying in the area you know, a lot of these universities are surrounded by black neighborhoods usc is, is in the hood uh, yale is in the hood uh syracuse university where i used to teach is in the hood so what they do to protect their students from the hood is they go out and they buy just hundreds and hundreds of acres at a time Maybe thousands, and they just buy up all, they're buying up your grandma's house. <laughs> they're buying up these neighborhoods that used to be black. So they're literally, they've literally got so much money and so much extra cash. Remember, they're not, a lot of them are nonprofits, so they got to spend this money. So they're, they're, they literally got so much extra cash that they're looking for ways to spend this money. They hire tons of administrators that they don't need. They're, they're John, like Johns Hopkins. There you go. Temple in the hood. They're they're all going out and just buying all this black-owned property because they literally have so much money to burn. And why do they have money to burn? Well, because when all this debt was made available, and they only had you know a certain number of students they were going to accept, they said, okay, well let's just keep increasing the price of tuition because if you're an 18-year-old and somebody told you from birth that you have to go to college, that college is is mandatory well, then you're going to sign on the dotted line to, to pay any price that they get you to agree to because you're 18 and you just don't know anyway. You're 18. You're like, oh, I'll pay it when I'm 40 or 35. I'll be really old by then, right? And, and so you're not even thinking about that. I mean, the, the, the idea of giving an 18-year-old the ability to go borrow uh, two dollars or $300,000 is insane, first of all. That's just crazy. And, it's, and what's also interesting, I want you to pay attention. They'll the, the way the system kind of works is they'll loan you all the money in the world to buy you know shit that isn't gonna actually help you increase your wealth like they'll, they'll loan you money all day to go to go get another degree not that degrees are bad. I'm not hating the idea of going to school I'm, you know we're all educated in this house so don't think I'm making fun of education I, if I'm making fun of you I'm making fun of myself because I have a ton of education okay um the uh, the, the, the other thing is uh, they'll also loan you money to go buy a car. You know, bad credit don't matter, they'll just jack up the interest rate. They'll loan, they'll loan you all kinds of money to get that car. But go, try to go to the bank and get a loan to start a business. <laughs> try to go get or or if you've been paying your rent on time, think about this. This is crazy, right? You've been paying your rent on time for the last 10 years. The amount you pay in rent is higher than the mortgage of the house that you're living in. That you're literally paying your landlord's mortgage, but yet you still go to the bank and try to get a loan to actually own property and they tell you you don't qualify for the loan. That is the the most ridiculous backward thing I've ever seen. That they, they literally you've proven, you've proven you can pay a mortgage because you pay your rent every month. But yet they still claim that you can't qualify. So so there there are lots of loans available for you to do ridiculous things or if you go to a department store, they're always happy to give you like a card so you can go shop at Macy's or or Target or whatever, right? So so this is kind of the nature of Americanized consumerism and this is the trap I want y'all to fall out of. Right? A lot of the economy Uh, That 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 works for rich people like me and some of you in here. I'm 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 not gonna lie. I'm not I'm not broke. I'm not poor. Right. I I I do well because I understand this system and I want you to understand it too. A lot of this wealth that gets built by the investors and whatever comes from the fact that they've trained certain people in this society to be just consumers till the death. They've trained. They say, look, if if you run out of money. You know, think about this. Inflation's going up, wages are remaining flat. How are you still affording that lifestyle? Well, then they say, "Oh, well, here's some debt that will allow you to afford that lifestyle," uh, because you feel like you have to have it. So then, you next thing you know, you're in the debt trap because you're buried in debt. You're 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 hustling on like a hamster on a wheel, trying to just find enough money to maintain whatever fake lifestyle you've been trained to believe that you're supposed to have, and and it makes corporations rich. Okay. So what I want you to do is, I want you to get off the hamster wheel. I need you to get off the damn hamster wheel. Uh, if, if you can't buy it with cash, I think it's okay to say, I, I don't want to buy it. I can't afford it. I don't need it. Uh, you know, you're spending all this money trying to impress people who don't even matter, people who don't even like you. you why, why are you trying to impress a damn stranger? Me and my wife, you know what? We we have the, the nice stuff that we like. We we get the stuff that we want, uh, but we don't give a damn. I don't get I don't give a damn what you think about my car. I don't care what you think about my house. I like my house. I like my car. I'm comfortable in my car. I am not buying a car so that I can drive by your house and have you like a- a- admire me. Uh, why do I care about that? S- seriously. So what I'm saying is that this student loan thing, let me calm down. This student loan thing to me is is yet part of that whole sort of dark side of capitalism. Okay, Biden, I'm not telling you not to vote for him. If he's your best option and you like the guy, then go for it. But I will say that you got to ask yourself, why in the world, why why on earth would a politician fight so hard? Why would a politician fight so hard to pass legislation that none of the American people even asked for? Seriously, I mean, give me a yes or no. Give me a yes or no. How many of you would have, like if somebody said, we're going to have a rally in a march so that we can make it illegal for consumers to declare bankruptcy on their student loans, how many of you would even consider showing up to a rally like that? How many of you would fight your 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 senator or your representative to get them to pass a law that says that you can't you can't declare bankruptcy on your student loans? Anybody would anybody do that? No, you you wouldn't. That would be crazy. Why would so so the American people didn't ask for this? The American people did not ask for Biden and his buddies to pass these laws that were preventing consumers from declaring bankruptcy on their loans this was the corporations these are the people that actually paid the bills for the campaign who came in and said okay we need you to do us a favor we need you to uh help us make more money uh we want to loan money but we need to to force people in a trap where they are required to repay the money no matter what their situation is we need we need you to be gangster for us just like the mafia." when they'll, they'll loan you an, an insane amount of money at a, at a ridiculous interest rate. And then what do they do? They get the enforcers to come to your house and break your kneecaps if you don't come up with the money. They go, they're going to squeeze blood from the turnip. If you got a nickel in your bank account, you're going to go get that nickel and give it to the mafia boss instead of buying even food for your children because you're so afraid of the consequences. So, so to some extent, they asked him to help them get gangster. They said, look, we need you to uh, suck them in through the front door by offering them all kinds of debt. And then we need you to lock the back door so they can't get out. Do you follow what I'm saying? Give me a yes if you follow what I'm saying. And, and this is the paradox of, of Biden's whole student loan forgiveness thing is that he's, he's forgiving $10,000 of the debt that he created in the first place. This crisis was largely created this whole student loan crisis that he's kind of solving a little bit was created by him, you know. Again, it's it's it, 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 again. I it's if I'm running around and I'm shooting people in the face, and then I say, oh, by the way, I'm handing out band aids for anybody who got shot in the face and wants to get better. First of all, I'm not even really solving the problem. I'm not helping you. You probably need surgery or something. But but you know, on top of that, if if you don't stop and say, well, who was doing all this shooting in the first place, then you're not really solving the problem. So what Biden, if, if if he wanted to do the right thing, which I'm not convinced politicians really do to be honest with you, I don't I don't I don't trust them. Um but the right thing to do would be to fix the damn system. The right thing to do would be to stop the universities from increasing tuition every year unjustifiably. That you shouldn't be able to increase your tuition more than the rate of inflation ever. Uh number two uh, they, they, they can't, you can't just go making all these loans like just w- without any sort of, of requirement or expectation. Uh, you, you're giving all this debt to 18 year olds and trapping them for life. And a lot of you in this room took on that debt when you were 18 and now you regret it. And if you could go back and talk to your 18 year old self, you would say, don't do it. I know you can get a lot of new clothes with the extra money you're going to get. I know that you're feeling good because you're going to college and fulfilling grandma's dream or whatever. But there are less expensive ways for you to get a good education. We sent our son to college. We can afford college tuition, but I don't want to pay. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to pay $70,000 a year for you to go to college. I'm sorry. We're we're going to a state school that isn't going to charge an arm and a leg. You're going to take a little bit of the debt. We'll take on some of the expense. But we're going to do things in a way that's balanced for our family so that we're not mortgaging the damn house for you to go pursue what somebody told you was the American dream. And let me just say this. This is my personal bias. I'm going to tell you again, as a guy, I have been in this educational system for 30 years. I taught my first class at the University of Kentucky 29 years ago, 1993. I taught finance to other students. after students were older than me at the time because I was only 22. And I'm going to tell you this, going to college and graduating from college is not the American dream. It's not. It's, it's, it's nice. It's cool. It's fun. College is great. You can learn a thing or two if you pick the right major. College can be extremely beneficial for your life. I'm not taking anything away from that at all. This is not anti-college. First book I ever wrote was called Everything You Ever Want to Know About College. So, so if you want to learn how to make straight A's and you got a kid going to college, get that book. It'll help them a lot. However, when I look back on life, what I realize is that the American dream, for me as a Black man anyway, and for the Black people that are in this room, is to figure out what really is going to give us the things that we desire. What are the things that we desire? Well, we talk a lot about things like freedom, and we talk about things like wealth, and sometimes we even talk about things like equality. I don't care much so, so much about equality. I want I want you to win. I don't want you to be equal to anybody. I want you to be on top. Okay, so so I'm gonna throw equality out the door. But let's talk about freedom and wealth. Uh, freedom, it means doing what you want to do. So if you are in debt traps you're not free. You don't have freedom. You want to quit the job, you can't quit because you don't have the assets and the resources to do it. So, so ultimately, if you go to college and you don't do it right, it won't increase your freedom. It will actually reduce your freedom. So, so if I'm sending my kid to college, I tell them, number one, if you're going to major in something, major in something that's going to give you an actual skill, not just a piece of paper, So that, because people will pay you to have skill. People will not pay you just for your piece of paper. Number two, if you're a black man or, black, or a black woman, I say, you got to learn how to start your own business, because at some point, if you get tired of working for these folks that are treating you like crap and putting you through all this nonsense, racism, microaggressions, you want to be able to say, kiss my entire black ass. You want to be able to walk out that door and know you got the survival skills necessary for you to still be in a good position. In fact, a better position because now you can run the company the way you want to run it as opposed to taking orders from other people. So so any black college student that goes to school, in my view, should learn how to start a business. Also, every parent who loves their child should invest for that child. Things like that $5 a day investing plan, which I talk about all the time. That plan, that system, very simple, very easy to use. Uh, I'll put the link so you can have it. It's totally free. Uh, that is the kind of thing that puts your child in a position where they have resources and assets, so they don't have to go into debt in order to get an education or in order to make their next move. They've actually got something that allows them to pay the bills outside of simply leaning on a system that's built for them to fail. That's that's trying to put them in a trap. Okay, so so ultimately, when I think about those things, let's go back to freedom and wealth. Well, well, freedom uh, to me doesn't mean getting along in the system. Freedom means, in my view, the ability to evacuate the system if it's not serving you. Right. Well, how can you evacuate the system if you are dependent on the system? If you think that the only way you can ever feed yourself is by taking your degree that puts you in debt and getting a corporation to pay you enough money to sustain your debt, not to actually be financially free, but just to maintain and pay the debt, so what you're going to pay until the day you die, well, that's not a winning plan. That's not the American dream. So, 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 so wealth, what is wealth? Wealth means having a positive net worth. That means all your assets minus all your liabilities is a positive number. So if your debt is here, but your assets are here because you've never been trained to own assets, you've only been trained to collect degrees. If your debt is here and your assets are here, then you have a negative net worth, which means you've not had, you've not achieved either of the goals that I mentioned. You've not achieved freedom and you've not achieved wealth. That debt goes with you to the grave. And then on top of that, you have not added it to Black wealth in a positive way. You've actually only taken away from Black wealth. You've caused the team to go backward. And so ultimately, what I'm saying to you is that the American dream for Black people has to be one where we make our own rules. It has to be one where we disconnect from the parts of the system that are toxic and unhelpful, like the excessive amount of American consumerism. You need to throw that out the window. Buy what you need. Buy responsibly be economically intelligent preserve your resources. Learn that from your grandma and your great granddaddy. They understand this stuff because some of them were around during the great depression. Some of them were around before integration. Some of them didn't get the college degree, but they know how to hold on to a nickel. They're not going to go blow it at the club and do all these other silly things with their money. They, Those are your finance professors that you don't listen to because you're listening to somebody on the internet that's telling you to go do stupid things with your money. My first finance professor was my grandmother, rest her soul, my grandmother, Felicia. I named our Panther in the Black Business School. Our Panther's name is Felicia. That's how I keep my grandmother alive. My grandmother was my first finance professor. because you know what she taught me? She taught me common damn sense. She taught me common sense. If you want to get ahead financially, you shouldn't go deep in debt. And if you're taking on some debt, you better have a good reason to do it. Debt should be your last resort, not your first number one option. Uh, if you don't need it, why would you buy it? If you get money, why are you giving away more than you're receiving? You you can't have you can't have a positive surplus economically if you're spending more than you make. Right? She would just teach me little basic things like that, and and that is all you really need. All you need is common sense. Okay, so so that's my two cents on this whole uh, Biden student loan thing. Um, I think the student loan crisis is not going to go away. Biden didn't really solve much of anything. You know what he did? He probably got him, himself a few more votes with this. Um, and, and, and I hope that it helps everybody in this room. I hope that all of you on some level benefit from this legislation. I don't believe politicians are going to save you. I believe that you're going to save you. And uh, because the system's not designed to save you, the system is designed to save itself. And in order for this system to work in America, in order for capitalism to work at the level that it's worked so far in America to this point, there must be um, the masters and there must be the slaves. And so if you are, um, if you are trapped in a job, then you're part. You're you're kind of a slave. If you're trapped in debt, then then you're kind of a slave. Uh, if you're trapped in the psychological constraints of excessive consumerism, then you're kind of a slave. And what's happening is that the work of the slaves ends up benefiting the slave masters. That's why you have a country where inflation is sky high, the price of everything's going up. Only 10% of all houses right now cost less than three hundred thousand dollars, but the rich are getting richer every single day because they're not. They're not, they're not on the lower decks of the Titanic. They're on the upper decks. <laughs> so I need you to teach your children to be on the upper decks of this of this damn thing instead of being on the bottom deck. And you are kind of riding the Titanic because this system will ultimately cause serious problems in America. In fact, if you look at the national debt level and what happened to national debt during the pandemic, it'll make you almost want to throw up. So economically speaking, if you want my two cents, America's headed to hell in a handbasket in terms of what we're doing financially. But that's not your problem necessarily right away. Your bigger issue in my view is that if you want to benefit your family, if you want to build wealth, you got to get off the grid and write your own textbook you cannot follow what people tell you to do, or it's going to cause you to fail. Okay. All right. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope this conversation benefited you. Uh, I want to give th- uh, thanks again to the brother, that sponsored the podcast today, uh, the brother who wrote the book, um, Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something, which is a message to the incarcerated black man. It's available on Amazon. The book's called Get Up, Get Out, and Get Something. And also you can follow uh, the brother. And uh, let me put his uh, Instagram up here so you can check him out. The Dally Boy, the author. So uh, go, go support the brother. Go get a copy of the book if you have anybody that you know who can benefit uh, from the message because we have to remember our incarcerated loved ones. Also, another reminder, my website is boyswalkins.com. if you want to go check out some of the stuff that we're doing every week in the Black Business School. Uh, as you know, we do we meet for our prime program each week, which is basically how to generate consistent income by selling stock options. We love to do that kind of stuff. So feel free uh, to go to boyswalkins.com to learn more about that. Last but not least, don't forget the All-Black National Convention is happening in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, it's going to be October 28th through the 30th. We're going to literally cover everything from crypto to uh, to politics, to stock market investing, to relationships. we got experts from, from all different backgrounds, but most importantly, it's a great networking experience. We want you to bring your kids. We have a whole educational track for children. If you'd like to learn more, go to allblacknationalconvention.com. All right, guys, well, I'm out of here. I hope you have a great day. God bless you, and uh, let's go build some wealth. Talk to you soon. Peace.